0: space fans and welcome to another episode of the Supercluster podcast. I'm Jamie Carrero and I'm here with my friend and colleague Robin Seamangle as usual. It's been a few weeks and as I'm sure everyone knows a lot has been going on in the world. Some of it has been a little bit adjacent to the space programs of the world but most of it has just been a human story that you know we don't need to get into too deep here however we do have a special guest today who is actually on the ground in ukraine this interview was recorded separately from this intro so you know it, it was mostly just due to the time constraints of our guests so we'll we'll, we'll kind of cut into it a little bit later but i'm going to toss it over to robin to introduce who it is we'll be speaking to and give you a little context on their situation
1: thank you jamie and yes as our listeners are well aware Russia has launched an invasion into Ukraine. Many civilians are dead. Many soldiers are dead on both sides. It is a huge human crisis, and uh, we're not going to shy away from that, especially given our guest today, who is going to be Oleg Kutkov, who is on the ground in Kiev. He tells us that he and his wife are still at home in their apartment building. We got in touch uh, last week. Today is March 15th, 2022. We called Oleg on Friday, March 11th. As soon as we called him, he had to delay 10 minutes because he had an air raid siren go off outside and he, him and his wife had to run into the basement. But 10 minutes later, he came back up and called us and we did have a brief conversation. We didn't want to take too much of Oleg's time given his situation and what's going on in Ukraine, but Oleg is on everyone's radar right now in, in our community because before the invasion oleg ordered a starlink terminal from ebay he's an engineer he is someone who's fascinated by spacex and just bleeding-edge technologies and he wanted to check out this new technology and he bought a dish off ebay and it just so it arrived just a couple days after the launch of the invasion and a few days in fedorov the vice president of ukraine Tweeted at Elon Musk that it would be great if they could have the service and the country in the case that the Internet was going down due to destruction of infrastructure or attacks on the Internet in general.
0: Yeah. So in general. Just for a little bit of context, um, Oleg had acquired a Starlink system purely out of curiosity. The service wasn't active in his area, but he wanted to see what he could learn from it. But it it has since gained a different significance as perhaps a backup system. Right.
1: So there was a Twitter exchange between Fedorov and Elon Musk, and Elon agreed right away to activate the system and send terminals into the country, which has been done. I think there's been at least two shipments uh, that we know about. we do know that there is terminals active across Kiev and outside of kyiv as well and since we've been following oleg on twitter who's been publishing updates on his starlink tests and just to be clear his internet is not down his fiber optic internet is not down he still has communication he's has starlink as a backup and he is running tests it seems daily so yeah we're going to Go ahead and cut Oleg into the into this podcast now, and uh, we're going to keep this mostly unedited. And uh, yeah, we'll set it
0: without further ado. Here is our interview with Oleg.
1: So first and foremost, Oleg, thank you for taking the time to be with Jamie and I on this podcast. You're in Kiev, Ukraine, right now. I think everyone listening to our podcast is well aware that russian has launched an invasion into ukraine and uh, you're experiencing this in real time right now and we're gonna ask you first and foremost one what is your situation there right now are you with family friends and how long have you been living in kiev
2: sure i'm living in kiev already three years uh, i live with my wife and we are currently at home. We don't want to move anywhere right now. We believe that our place right now is the safest place, because uh, actually we have nowhere to go outside Kyiv, and it might be dangerous on the roads. So yeah, it's uh, relatively quiet in our block. Because okay. there are no critical infrastructure around, and Kiev is uh, well protected, we have a lot of army army around the city and so on. so yeah, so uh, the Kiev is like a vortex right now.
0: right.
1: So you would say your situation right now is relatively stable?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, it's quite nervous uh, because we have a lot of air uh, silence during the day and during the night. And what does, now, when you hear these air
1: sirens, what is expected of you and your wife? Are you expected to hide? Are you expected to find shelter inside your own home?
2: Uh, Yes, Uh, we have two options. Uh, We can hide inside our home, or we can go to a basement. Sure, the basement might be better, but uh, we are looking at the situation. So typically, we are waiting 10 minutes. I have uh, cameras outside our apartment, so we are just hiding uh, in the deepest point of our apartment
0: right.
2: where no windows and uh, the walls are stronger uh, and reinforced. And we are watching uh, a picture from our cameras, uh, listening to the audio from outside right. and yeah, making decisions what to do next.
1: What is... The situation at least in your neighborhood and for you and your neighbors in getting resources like groceries and
0: food
2: uh, there are some limitations, but uh, grocery stores working uh, it's possible to get any basic food like bread uh, vegetables, and so on. so yeah, but there are some limitations. one of the
1: reasons you got on our radar and the space community's radar is because. You were tweeting that you had received a Starlink, a SpaceX Starlink dish to help with communication or to have communication in the case that the country's internet or phone service get cut off. Now I can't help but think, oh, like, did you order the Starlink dish before Russia invaded Ukraine?
2: Uh, Yes, that's true. I ordered my dish actually in December on eBay, Uh uh, just for research. I'm an engineer, so I just decided to get one of those dishes uh, just to see what's inside, to to check how it works, and so on.
1: Because (laughs) at the time, the Starlink service had not been activated
2: until... The invasion. Yes, but, yes. No. And, I, and I never thought that I will use it for the internet <laughs> connectivity. Right. I, I just disassembled it completely. I connected a lot of wires, uh, my debug hardware, computers, and so on. So, you know, before we get into
1: how it works, you have an interest in, like you said, engineering. And you're obviously someone who has an interest in aerospace and and, and space exploration. Can you tell us when you first found out about Starlink and what you were hoping to see when you opened it up?
2: Yes. Uh, First time, I believe it was two years ago when the project uh, started, Mm -hmm. actually. So, yeah, I started collecting information, uh, monitoring, and so on. And then I decided uh, that it would be nice to find and analyze actual signal of the satellites because I already had such experience of getting signals from different satellites with different types of antennas. So, yeah, I decided to try. And I started my research project, starting research project, and started to build uh, special hardware. Uh-huh. It was long before <laughs> I managed mm-hmm. to find my dish.
0: Right. You know, so far, notwithstanding recent events, have you had success in in picking up the signal and learning some about how that network is functioning?
2: Uh, yes, actually, I was one of the first, uh, maybe, who get uh, something from the satellites. Actually, you can find a lot of information on my Twitter or Reddit. I posted actually every step that I took. Yeah, I found something that we called uh, beacons. Uh, We, in our community, actually don't know what it was, but yeah, it looks like just some uh, beacons maybe for ground station thinking. We don't know, but it was a definite Starlink.
1: When Fedorov, the vice prime minister of Ukraine, requested Starlink assistant from SpaceX, were you helping others get Starlink set up? Because I saw that People were asking you questions, and you've been posting the speeds and screenshots from the app. Are other folks in the country setting up Starlink terminals, and are they having you know similar success to what you're having?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, my uh, private messages uh, were exploded <laughs> after oh, <wow>. after my <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot of messages from uh, different people all around the country. Uh, they basically I found that uh, no one really knows uh, what is starting. They asking me how to connect, what, what what should they do, where they can get the hardware and so right. on. So yeah, uh, I end up with creating a Ukrainian community on Facebook where I post all the available information. So yeah, I'm I'm currently, I'm trying to find and connect uh, all the people who, who is looking for starting, who is looking for information. Right. Yeah.
1: Have you been in touch with Ukraine's
2: government or SpaceX? Uh, I am in touch with SpaceX. Actually, actually my uh, research projects uh, helped me to find some contacts, contacts inside SpaceX. Great. Uh, Some great guys. So, yeah, we are in touch. And are you using the service right now? Nope. Mm, Uh, Because my primary internet connection is intact. It's uh, fiber optic channels. uh, Plus, I have two LTE channels. Uh, They are also good. Oh,
1: great. uh,
2: Yeah. So, I'm using my starting... I'm keeping my starting just for backup, just in case of emergency.
1: Now, are you surprised that... So, you said you have LTE service. And that has... So between the LTE service and your fiber optic cable, have you seen major disruptions in any of those two services since the invasion? Uh, yeah, uh,
2: there was one disruption mm-hmm. uh, for maybe I don't know 15 minutes. I heard that the uh, fiber optic channel were damaged, damaged somewhere near Kyiv okay. uh, after battle, but uh, the telecommunication company fixed it quickly. Wow, okay.
1: Is that surprising to you that these services, uh, you know, given your your expertise, were you expecting these services to be down completely?
2: I think not, uh, because uh, we have a quite reliable internet service here in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of ISPs and technicians really uh, knew their job. So, yeah, I believe it's quite stable, but uh, anything could happen.
1: And you're, you're prepared with this redundancy. Uh, yes. Now, I saw that, and, and I don't know if you've heard from others, Elon Musk tweeted about some caveats with Starlink in Ukraine, uh, especially in Kiev, that one, they could be targeted. Two, I think they sent more hardware so you can plug them into car cigarette burners and, and things like that. Just given your experience using the service now and what you're seeing unfold, I mean, would you propose any changes? Is there anything that if someone is listening to this show right now and has a Starlink, do you have any tips, any hacks, any, I mean, do you agree that, you know, the Starlink should be dish should be hidden or camouflage? Like, what are ways to protect yourself, you know?
2: Yeah, there is a real discussion in technical community about security concerns. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's t- true. Uh, yeah, we have to be careful because it's true that uh, Russia is trying to disrupt our communication uh-huh. because internet is our primary source source of information. They already hit our TV tower, but uh, <laughs> that did not oh, yeah. help. Because uh, our government is digital, right, <laughs> so, right? Yeah, yeah, we are getting the, all the information from the internet. So yeah, plus uh, those uh, those dishes uh, that SpaceX delivered to the to Ukraine, uh, those dishes dishes are distributed between uh, military and critical government infrastructures, like uh, right. power plants. Some. City Hall, and so on. So yeah, those terminals might be targeted and they might try to find actual locations by, mm-hmm. by yeah.
1: Seeing as how you're tweeting the progress and you're tweeting speeds, for a layman like myself and for folks who are starting to learn about Starlink, how would you compare the speed of the internet compared to, you know regular infrastructure would you say that it would be a good substitute for having fiber or a cable, or is it good enough for emergencies, like the current
2: situation? Uh, I can say it's good enough. Okay. It's faster than my home fiber optic, but mm-hmm. because just uh, I didn't switch my account <laughs> for the right. higher rate, one gigabit is also available here. It's widely available. So yeah. Okay.
1: That seems to be the consensus from uh, many folks across the world who are trying out this technology. Yeah. Oleg, I, I can't imagine what it's like for you and your wife right now. You, you mentioned that you're staying put and you're sort of, you know, where are you getting your information from? Are you, is it primarily the internet? Like, are you guys still getting a TV signal? You know, what is it like inside of Kiev to get information on the war? You know, how do you go about that process?
2: TV is available uh, as a uh, FM radio. FM radio mm-hmm. is important source right. of information. But actually we have a TV, but we don't have any TV antenna. Oh, so, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, we, we're using our TV just for YouTube and streaming. Wow. Oleg, oh, like, I, I can't thank
1: you enough for sharing your experience with us here at Supercluster. You know, I know you... Ukraine is tired of hearing this, but our, our hearts and minds are with everyone over there. And I think that to see you you helping others is inspiring. And using this new technology that we at Supercluster here have been talking about for a couple of years, I myself uh, were at the fir- first dozen or so Starlink launches, and it's something to see this technology being used out there uh, for good. Yeah, it's quite amazing. As a, as someone who has an interest in SpaceX and space and, and, and science. Is there anything about space exploration that stands out to you? Uh, just as a space fan, talking to other space fans, are you interested in what SpaceX is doing with Starship and rockets? And Sure, sure.
2: Actually, uh, my, my dream uh, to be honest is to uh, work, work for SpaceX someday. <laughs> But yeah, it's impossible right now. The, the limitations uh, yeah. of the U.S. government. But yeah, maybe someday. No. Uh, sure, I always watching streams, following all the news, uh, tweets, and so on. For me, for me, and uh, maybe for everyone, it just like old uh, old style of science fiction. Just what we saw. In the movies, when we were kids, right. now now it became, uh, it's become <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. it's coming
1: real, yeah, yeah, it's coming real,
2: yeah. So it's it's amazing, it's inspiring.
0: So yeah, just I had one other question, just related to you know the this idea of backup systems and eventualities. You know, if we imagine a scenario, and obviously I hope this doesn't happen, where the primary infrastructure is getting interrupted, your fiber goes down, and you you're in a situation where you're using Starlink. Do you feel any sense of responsibility as an engineer to somehow share that connection, or you know, provide a small network that people can connect to in some way? Since you do have the Starlink capability outside of government.
2: Yes, uh, but I don't know because there are not so many people around.
0: Mm, right. Actually, right. A
2: lot of them are gone somewhere to the west. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I should follow that
1: up with another question, Oleg. like how much of your neighbors have left? Would you say that most of them?
2: Yes, actually maybe five people around wow. know, in our wow. house yeah, wow. I'm living in an apartment so it's a right. uh, five uh, stories building, so yeah, we hear sometimes that there are some people, but
1: most people it's have left. it's
2: quieter it's quieter than usual. Right.
1: That's understandable oh like i I wanted to thank you again so much. We've been obviously reading about your story. I, I talked to Oleg before this. You were interviewed by Marina Koren for The Atlantic and Lauren Grush from The Verge, two good friends of Supercluster. Check out those reports uh, in The Verge and The Atlantic and you know, continuing watching the news. And and Oleg, what is your your Twitter handle so folks can continue to track your progress with Starlink and check in on you?
2: It's uh, Oleg Kutkov without spaces. And Oleg, we wish you the best
1: for your safety of you and your wife and for some kind of resolution to this egregious act. And everyone at Supercluster wishes you the best. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So that's it for this episode of the Supercluster podcast. We want to thank our guest, Oleg Kutkov, once again, for taking the time to speak with us. For more great space stories, please check out supercluster.com and our, our Instagram and other social channels. In particular, we'd like you to check out a video we recently released in collaboration with Virgin Orbit, which is a detailed tour through the factory where they use very advanced technologies to build their rockets. So be sure to check that out. And we'll be back with more great space stories soon. As always, remember, space is for everyone.